years old. Um, there's nursery available at this time. And uh, also, um, Becky Winger has uh, uh, purchased everybody in here a gift. Uh, maybe you saw on the way in there, there were some uh, little uh, cellophane-wrapped colored soaps, little blue, or blue, <laughs> green and red ones there. With the, um, And so, uh, Becky, you'd like your family to take one of those home with you on your way out today. Uh, also, um, other gifts that are available for you for free. Uh, if you would like uh, to back your car up here, we can put a pew in the back of your car today. If you, uh, We're uh, decluttering, and uh, Hannah has been after us for a while to uh, uh, get the teen room ready. She's really excited to get... Uh, kind of get teen ministry started back up here at the church. And so there is um, uh, several items that are available for you to take home with you today if you're uh, so inclined. Actually, you'd have to sign up for them, right? Yeah, sign up. There's uh, uh, there's an organ. If anybody plays the organ, um, there's a pulpit. Um, there is a, a big tube TV that's great for gaming or something like that if you want that. And those things are there. And there's a little sign-up thing. Put your name on it. And then if there's multiple people that would like these items, we're just going to do a drawing later on. And uh, those, maybe you read that this week in the announcement. Uh, also, there's a, a New Year's Eve service. Uh, we do our New Year's Eve service every year the day before Christmas. So I don't know about the rest of you, where you come from or whatever, but... Wow. Okay. You see, that's New Year's Eve. Everybody, okay. Let's have our benediction. Wow. Okay. There we go. Nobody's paying any attention whatsoever, right? Uh, so uh, let's go back to uh, last week. We were doing pretty good with the uh, horrible, the ugly sweater thing, right? So, all right. Um, also in your bulletin, there's other announcements here. So take that. There's a blood drive coming up, and there's a gift or a craft thing coming up. So... Uh, Okay, attention, attention. The sermon is going to begin now. So, what? That's all right. Yay, here we go. All right, Uh, we can edit all of this out of the video later, right? And so, um, hey, here's what we've been talking about the last few weeks. Um, And uh, Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, here's the verse. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given... And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called. And if you were here a couple of weeks ago, you know that he will be called a wonderful counselor. And we said we can go to the counselor, and that he cares for us and loves us. And uh, then we say he's a wonderful counselor, mighty God. What does he do with all of the strength and power and might that he has? He loves us. He loves us. God does that. This morning we're going to talk about the everlasting father. He's also known as Prince of Peace, everlasting uh, father. Now, the year 2020, uh, for the rest of my life, is always going to be the year that I lost my earthly uh, father. And this sermon is not about my dad, but he's kind of woven into some of the stories in here. But here's what we know. Everlasting father. The idea of God is somehow like my dad, For some people, that can be very difficult, very hard, almost disturbing in a way. And so I understand that. And so I'm going to ask that you would bow your heads again with me as we kind of jump into this subject and sort of unpack fathers. Let's pray. Father, we ask that we would move forward this morning with grace and peace and wisdom. Father, we know that there are people in the room that dad was just the coolest guy ever. We also know, Father, that uh, just in a crowd this size, we know that there are people in the room right now that uh, dad is a, um, a hard memory. 
So, Father, we ask that you would just lift all of this up. You'd wrap it all up in grace and love and teach us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. A father image of God can sometimes be very hard. You may have had a dad that is sort of uh, the way we're going to define him here in your bulletin, these first few, or maybe you were accused of being the kind of dad that we're going to sort of look at these first few. And and so that can be difficult and hard, and it doesn't seem very Merry Christmassy. but the reality is, is that at this time of year, we are told that Jesus is the Son of God. He is our everlasting Father. So maybe you had, write this down, maybe you had a father that was like this or have been accused of being a father like this, a father who is never satisfied, a father who is never satisfied. When you think of a father image of God, you want to distance yourself from that because the kind of father that you experienced was a father that was never satisfied. When I was growing up, my dad could always give me the look. He gave me the look until I was in my 40s. He gave me the look. And when he would give me the look, I knew that somehow I was outside of his bounds, whatever that was. Uh, I knew that uh, I was not doing it right. I knew that I should have been doing it different. And uh, in some way, I knew I was not pleasing my father when he gave me uh, the look. Um, That changed later on in life, and that changed as a result of a conversation that I had with my dad. Uh, My dad did another thing. He should on me all the time. Uh, he would I, would, I would work with him and, you know, you should do this. And, you know, why you should do it that way. And I'd be over here trying to do something and, well, you should do it like this. Or I'd, you know, be talking about a financial thing or something. Well, you should do this. You should, you should, you should. And uh, we were, re- I was remodeling a house about 15 years ago. And, and uh, my, my dad just was, should now. Well, you should do it this way. You should. And I finally, I just, I got counsel. I, I went to my dad and said, dad, stop shooting on me. You should on me all the time. You should on me. Should, should, should. And he took him back just like some of you. It's kind of like, wait, what? You know? And, and, um, later on, my mom said that that really got inside of his mind and he processed that. And, uh, there was a shift in the way that he treated me from that uh, point on in our relationship. And he eventually kind of went from being a dad that, uh, sort of, I love my dad. He was a good guy, good Christian guy. A lot of people loved him. He's a good guy. But this is that inner kind of thing, just as a, a son to a dad that, you know, he was, it wasn't until later on in life that I really felt like, you know what, he loves me and he's proud of me. He loves me and he's proud of me. And that came, that came later for me. Not, not younger, but later. But eventually it was there. And so maybe you know what that's like to have a father that's never satisfied. I want to read this to you as I've written it for myself. Some people will live their entire life trying to compensate for this non-approval by their father, by becoming a workaholic or by overachieving. They may feel if they work hard enough or earn enough It will compensate for the hurt in their heart. They will get their best grades. They will fight for the best job. They will work 
to get to the top of the heap just so they can show their dad they have value, desperately hoping they will notice. But sometimes they don't, and it hurts. Maybe the idea of everlasting father, the only thing that comes to your mind is a father who is never satisfied. Maybe when you think of everlasting father, what comes to your mind is a father who is always angry. Maybe you heard words growing up, and I've known people that have heard these very words. Maybe you heard, I wish you were never born. Maybe you were told that you were an accident. Maybe the only dad you can remember was always an angry dad. I didn't have an angry dad in my world, but I did have a dad that could give me the look and it would make me wonder if he was angry or not. Some people experience angry dad. Maybe everlasting father gives you the creeps. Maybe that's the last way you want to think of God. Maybe everlasting father is not what you want to hear because you were abused physically or sexually or emotionally. Jesus is everlasting father. And maybe that's hard for you to reconcile in your mind. I've watched the dads manhandle their kids and If you grew up in church like I grew up in church, maybe there was that uh, dad that would grab a hold of his kid right in the middle of the service and just kind of yank him out of the sanctuary during and you watch things like that and you would sort of cringe inside and maybe you've heard or seen dads being very angry with their kids and it's hard to watch. But maybe that was your experience. Maybe your Dad, you felt he was never satisfied with you. Maybe your dad, you felt like your dad was always angry. Maybe you were the one or maybe you know someone who wish they could have had that experience because for them, they had a father who was seldom there or maybe absent Altogether, Dads can be missing for a lot of reasons. Dads can have a job that they work 80, 100 hours a week, and that takes them away from the family. Dads can be missing emotionally. They can be checked out because they never had a father that set a good example. They can be absent because of addiction, alcohol, or drug addiction that takes them away from even being present, even when they are present. Maybe you had a dad that was seldom there. Maybe you lost your dad when you were very young. My dad told me stories about his dad. Uh, My dad would tell me that he remembers sitting in the back seat of the car when his mom would drive him to the bar on Friday night, and she would have to get out of the car and go into the bar in order to receive the cash 
out of his dad's wallet because Friday night he would cash his check and go to the bar. And if she didn't show up to take the cash out of the wallet, he'd stay there all weekend and drink it away. My dad learned a valuable lesson from his dad. My dad learned he didn't want to be that kind of dad. When my mom and dad got together, they decided that they wanted to plug their lives into the church. And that's the way they have lived their life ever since. If you can, for just a few minutes sort of take off the lenses of who your dad was or was not and put on the lenses of what does the Bible teach us about a good father? What does the Bible teach about the kind of father that Jesus is when he is called the everlasting father? The first one is this. Our everlasting father is compassionate. He is Compassionate. Psalm chapter 103, verse 8 says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. That's who God is as an everlasting Father. The book of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 28 and 29 says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. What does it mean to take my yoke upon you? Some of you are very familiar with this, but uh, the yoke is the big wooden beam that would go across the back of two oxen that would have the big bow that goes through, and they put the oxen there, and, and then those two ox would, uh, would pull together in the same direction to accomplish the work that was to be done. And Jesus says, you can do that with me as your everlasting father. Just climb in here and I will share the burden with you. I will move you in the right direction. And there is work that we can accomplish together. He says, come alongside me. I am your everlasting father. And I want to go with you. I want to be with you. You, Our everlasting Father is compassionate, and our everlasting Father is caring. He is caring. Jeremiah chapter 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. The kind of everlasting Father that we have wants to give us hope, and he has plans for our future that are good, and they are inside of his will for his kingdom's sake. Have you ever had someone in your corner, someone that's there for you, someone that's looking after you and taking care of you? I can look back at my life and I can see many people that God has caringly put in my life, and it wasn't always my parents. Several years ago, I was framing houses. It's what I did in Arizona and Illinois and Colorado and uh, framed a lot of houses and I uh, framed a lot of houses in Arizona. And the boss that I had, uh, his name was Charlie Free. 
And uh, he was, uh, you know, the uh, the epitome of kind of the, the man's man. He was a Vietnam veteran, saw a lot of combat. Um, I'm not quite sure. I'm almost pot- the only vocabulary words that he knew. I think we can't say them out loud or on TV. You know, if you're with me there, um, he he could cuss like nobody could cuss. But Charlie. Uh, was he was so highly respected we worked on a crew and his crew was a crew amongst crews and he was a leader and uh, he was just a dynamic charismatic fiery fiery guy and uh, uh, I was just a young guy framing houses and learning and uh, one day I went to Charlie and I said Charlie I think I'm going to quit framing houses I'm going to quit my job here and I'm going to go uh, back to school, and uh, I don't know that I want to be framing houses, you know, when I'm really old in my 30s, <laughs> right? You know, there's those days, you know, and I was looking forward, and I said, Charlie, I don't think I want to do this forever, and I respected, everybody respected Charlie. He was a great, great leader and a great carpenter, and Charlie just pointed at me and said, hey, come here, and he took me off the job site, and we were alone there. And he said, Steve, I watch a lot of guys come. I watch a lot of guys go. And he says, there's a lot of knuckleheads here. There's a lot of guys, all they want to do is drink beer and smoke pot. And that's, what, that's why they work. He says, but I watch you. He says, I make a lot of money. And he says, if you stick with this company, I see you high up in this company, and you could make a lot of money too. And I said, well, I'm... Um, I'm going to go back to school, and, you know, I think my life's just kind of going a different direction. And he said, well, good luck, Steve. You're going to do well. Charlie didn't know Jesus. He, he's far away. I've prayed, I've prayed thousands of times for Charlie. I, after I moved away from there, I even got a hold of, uh, of the church I was attending back there, and I called him up and said, hey, can you guys go find Charlie in Fountain Hills? Just look him up. He, He's a great guy. God cares for me in a way that he could use Charlie Free to speak things into me that I needed to hear at the time. Jesus, in his background, you know that there's prostitutes in his DNA and there's murderers in his DNA. And you read through in Luke and in Matthew the the history of who Jesus is and his lineage and God can put people around you and he can steer you and shape your life and guide you even though those people that you encounter you might think they don't have anything to do with God. God can do that. Our everlasting father is caring and our everlasting father is always there. Book of Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 says, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. That's who God is. I've asked Laura if she would come and lead us in a song. And uh, this isn't a Christmas song, but it's maybe the greatest Christmas song that we could sing. The song is Good, Good Father. And so I just want to challenge you and encourage you to read the words and sing along. And when it's all done, I'm going to come back up here and we'll conclude our service.
You have an opportunity this week, and I know that it's uh, COVID, and I know people want to socially distance, but Christmas Eve is still Christmas Eve, and there are people who have a long tradition of, on Christmas Eve you go to church, so put on a mask, invite them, and come, and be a part of his church, and tell them that we have a God that is a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting Father. And the only way to know true peace is through the Prince of Peace. I don't know where all of you are in your spiritual journey, but if you've never been baptized into Christ and you've never made him your personal Lord and your Savior, I would encourage you to do that. You can do that by giving me a call or if you know one of the elders in the church and sit down and you have a friend that can tell you about being baptized, have that conversation with them. Give your life to Christ. Let's pray. Father, again, we come to you because you are good. We ask that you'll go with us this week. We ask, Father, that uh, when we come back together, we will know that you are with us. We ask it in Jesus' name, and amen.